You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. And welcome to the special Stag Sports Network Podcast as we're kind of continuing on our check-in with all of our coaches. And today, I, I do kind of repeat myself in saying it gives me joy whenever I get to talk to specific people, but it always brings a smile to my face whenever I get to sit down with Jackie Kane. The Well... She was almost priding me to say, would this be the best team ever? Well, yeah, I think the 2019, you could almost say that that was the best season of any Fairfield sport, maybe ever. And Jackie is like, oh, come on, we're done with this now. But <laughs> like now that we think about this and look back on 2019, it truly was a season unlike any other, especially for the fact that you had a young team playing in a new league what were the expectations last July, last August? Um, I don't think that we certainly exceeded our expectations. Uh, it all started three, four, five years ago with those players and raising the bar for every season. Every season we're going to do better than the season before. So I, I give thanks to the alumni because they started it. And this class, um, yeah, they were young, but they had such a connection on and off the field. And as I'm talking to uh, recruits going forward in the program and they ask about the team chemistry, I said, we did so well because our players would look to the left and look to the right and say, I'm not losing this game. If you look at our stats, we won a lot of our games in the fourth quarter in overtime, and that is just pure heart and pure of resilience that I am winning this game, not for me, but for my teammate. And I think that's why we had such a remarkable season. The point about the last four or five seasons is actually an interesting one. That was one I was going to hit on later, but let's talk about this right now. Because when you look back over, it would be when the team joined then the MAC conference. Mm -hmm. Every season since then, Fairfield Field Hockey has either won the league or gotten to a final. Yes. Talking with athletes, I mean, playing in finals, that's not something that comes around every day, and you truly have to celebrate those achievements in and among its own right. But it's another special thing to say, over a consistent period of time, this team continues to excel and do the right things and put themselves in the right situation. So how much of the success that this 2019 had was based, let's just say that 2015 team that won the max and got uh, to the NCAA opening round game? I think that's exactly it. I, I think once we made it to the championship game, that became an expectation. Um, so then the next step was to host the championship game. And, and we had finally achieved that this year. So now that's an expectation. Uh, our biggest bar that we had to pass was winning that NCAA game. We came, you know, twice we played Boston University and twice, unfortunately, we ended up short. So to win our first NCAA game against American, now that's the expectation. But once again, it, it comes from those people from 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 that already set up the bar. And prior to them, the players that played for the America East, you know, that was a, a, a more competitive uh, conference than the MAC. So the players who were in the American East, um, Amber Goyne, Fee Heinen, you know, they were both players of the year in the America East. Um, so they also started setting the bar higher. So it's been a process um, and it's, it was a successful process. And now, now it's challenges 
staying on top, you know, king of the hill. I always liked when I played that I was the person trying to knock off the king. Now we're the king or the queen, the queens of the hill. So we have to maintain that. And um, that's going to be a new challenge for us. And how often do you go back or have the alums reached out to you just to kind of check in, gauge how things are going, see if that competitive fire is still there? And do you even have some of your players reach out to them just to know that, okay, these are the players that set the groundwork to where we are today. And your job now is just not only to continue passing the torch along, but to make it better every year on. That's a great question. Um, gratefully, we just had um, a stag giving day uh, and my alumni were, we had the most alumni participation or one of the most, I don't know if it was the absolute most with the field hockey team. So when we won field alumni, I never got so many texts in my life as I did. And the alumni were all so excited all the way back to 1995, which was my very first year that I coached to people that I played with back in the eighties. Everybody was so excited and so proud to be a Fairfield university field hockey player alumni. Um, what we do as a team, which is kind of cool is that each player has a mentor and, um, before their first game, they get a letter from their alumni and they're either matched because they have the same number or they're from the same hometown or they have the same major or if they both, you know, I have sometimes people that tour ACL and a future ACL tear so that they're kind of um, on the same page and helping each other out. So there's an immediate investment. Um, into the team because they have their connection with their mentor. And then when the alumni come to the games, they're always like, where's number 22 or where's my, num you know, where's my girl? I need to meet her. So we've done a great job with that. So there is the connection through generations. And already now with the group that's here, how much do they feel that it's an importance for them once they graduate and move on that they need to continue that connection so that, you know, the feelings that they're getting right now, being able to put on the jersey that was worn by so many players before them to now that they have to do the job that the alumni are doing right now and to make sure that the future players, the ones that may be wearing their kit in three years time, they're like, okay, I've got all these people behind me. Yeah. It's once again, another expectation, right? It's, it was always a hope that that's what would happen, but now it's an expectation. We did something in the locker room, and I have to thank Amy Shanley for this because two years ago I said, Amy, I want to do this, or three years ago, and she helped me out. In our locker room, every number um, that was ever worn, every alumni that played four years with that number is on the wall. And um, so when they walk in, they see, you know, and anybody who wears number 18 sees my name and sees Coach Danny Brown's name. So 18 has a lot of pressure always because uh, both Danny and I shared that number. Love to keep that. And now I just have to cycle quickly back through to see uh, the player that dons the number 18 kit. And that would be Joe Lander Richter. Richter. So, yeah, yeah. so what is that expectation like? Because you don't often hear about the coach then talks to the player and not just the coach player relationship is, oh yeah, we share the same number. Yeah, it's funny. I think numbers have personalities. I, call me crazy, but it seems that the same people kind of tend towards the number. And 18, one of the things that 18 has are they're extremely competitive and hates to lose. So Joe, no, like Joe, if you watch her, she just continually improve, improves through the season. And her Wagner game last year, like we were on the ropes and, and Joe was like, no, we're not losing this game. She looked to her left, looked to her right, looked to her teammates and said, come on, let's go. She was so competitive and she hates to lose. 
Danny Brown probably hates to lose more than anybody in the world. So, um, and obviously I couldn't have done this for 25 years if I wasn't competitive. So 18 is known for its competitiveness. I think, and I could say this because it only happened once at home last season. There was one game that you lost at home. That was to Northeastern. She came up into the press box as we were breaking down. This is Coach Danny Brown. And she, you could see the steam coming out of both ears <laughs> everywhere. And I'm like, all right, it's time for us to get out of here. Because, uh, <laughs> don't want to be around that. But you, know, you talk about that mentality, and I want to just bring up the one game. And if you want to hear the player's perspective uh, from Letters to the Herd series. We talked with uh, Danny Profita about this. And yeah. She gave a great account of kind of the buildup to that NCAA opening round game at home. It was a special day on a number of reasons because obviously you mentioned the fact that Fairfield never hosted a postseason game for a long period of time. Now not only is it just it's beyond a champion conference game, but it's an NCAA tournament game, which doesn't happen all that often because – tournament format top four seeds host overall the first weekend and if you're in the play in opening round game you have to hope that the draw is favorable for you and it was so take us through that day what was that like for you well it was picture perfect uh it was a little cold but it was sunny blue skies uh and you know you try to treat every game like just the game ahead of you and, and same, everybody has the same um, procedures or uh, what do you call them? Um, routines um, to get ready for it as I do as a coach, um, you know, from walking my dogs and getting my mindset ready um, to coming on campus. And I knew we, we could win the game, um, but it doesn't matter if I know, the girls had to know. And I think they started believing um, you know, right after, right after that first goal. And I know that American came right back and scored, but that's all you needed to do. And they turned around and said, this isn't happening. I mean, I will always remember Malin's aerial to Dan, um, Juliana and then that cross and the diving shot by Danny Profita was outstanding. So, um, and then, you know, the rushing on the field and, it was surreal, and it, but then it was another game, and I, all I was excited about was, okay, who do I have next, and how are we going to win the next game? Because I knew I could with this team. It's funny, and I do have to ask, it's almost kind of tradition. You never talk about the next opponent in a single elimination game until that game happens. Did you re like have in the back of your mind, like, yep, you know, we just get through American, a tough game in its own right. We only have to go play UConn now, you know. Is it one of those things? Yeah, I – well, I knew American was going to be tough. I mean, Steve Jennings has a great program, and um, I think we were evenly matched, and I think that we just had just a little more swagger being at home. I think that really helped us that we were playing on our home field. Um, there was a chance, like, that we could have gone to North Carolina. I think if they did two seating, we probably would have gone to North Carolina, which would have been really cool because my daughter plays for North Carolina. Um, but we ended up getting the draw against UConn. Um, UConn, we have yet to beat them. Uh, I think we've played them seven or eight times. We've come close now three times. Um, this is our second overtime loss and uh, uh, our third one goal loss. So we're going to get them. Um, I, hope to get to, I hope to get to see them again because we can't wait to play them again. Can't wait.
the thing I'm curious about now going forward is how does a game like that, knowing that the stakes are as high as truly they can be, it's not a regular season game in late August, early September, it's make or break. You're that close. You're leading on their field up until the final few minutes. How hungry now is this group, which remember doesn't really lose anybody. You didn't graduate in theory, anybody because Emily Halderson comes back for her fifth year. How hungry is this group right now? to just go back out and get that opportunity? I think hungry is an understatement. I don't know if there's a word bigger than hungry, but it, it comes down from the coaches. You know, I think we all looked at that game and, you know, once we, we were able to settle in and realize that we could play with them, I think all of us were nervous when, for the first quarter. And, and then as the second and third quarter came along, we were fine. Fourth quarter, you know, we, we were just fatigued. Right? You know, UConn didn't have to play on Wednesday, and they we did. So we had an extra 60 minutes on our body that they didn't. Um, you know, and, and we're ready for that next year. That's where our newcomers come in. Yeah, I, we don't lose anybody. We bring in six people. That's a big squad. But that big squad's going to prepare us for that uh, UConn game or hopefully whatever game we may get in the fall. Um it will help us win it, you know, do well in the NEC, hopefully repeat as NEC champions and then move on to the NCAA. But having a larger squad and everybody understanding that their role is crucial uh, will put us in a better position to win that second game in the NCAA. So let's it's a perfect segue. You're real. You're a knack for this whole broadcasting thing. Honestly, <laughs> I, I look forward to the day that you and I get to call a game because I just get the traffic control. You get to take all the heavy lifting. Um, let's look at this group right now because it's a group of six, but as you said, it adds to a complete team returning from a season ago. So a uh, couple of midfielders, couple of forwards, one defender in there. What was the mindset that you had when you're recruiting this class that could help if there are any gaps or holes to fill them? Well, the important thing that all recruits need to know, whether it's this class or two classes from now, it's not a one-year process. It's, I'm looking at somebody for four years, and, and where will our holes be in the future? Now, granted, my job is to recruit people that are better than what's currently on our team. So if one of these young ladies come in and grab a spot as a starter, God bless them right? But it's a four-year process. And I, I feel that not only are they skilled enough and athletic enough, but they are the right fit. Um, they, are, they are Fairfield University field hockey players in the sense that they understand that they're here for academic education first. You know, that's first and foremost. That's what our team's about. Field hockey is such a close second, it's not even funny, but we're here for education. And they're all overachievers in the classroom as in the field. So they fit our program. And I think that's why we've really taken off. Once again, looking back, you know, two, three years, we, we weren't all on the same page as a team. Now the entire team is on the same page. And, and when we have newcomers, we have to make sure that they understand that this is what our culture is. This is what we do. This is how we... Um, exert our energies, you know, first in the classroom, second on the field. So, um, and all these young ladies um, will, will, be, will fill that mold. I'm very excited about them. I know it's always a difficult ask, but is there one perhaps that maybe stands out um, that you're really excited about bringing in? Um, they're all standouts from their states and they're from our six different places. So I think that's kind of cool. We've been very PA 
um, laden for the past couple years, and we only have one PA girl this year, and uh, happens to be related to Gabby. So Hannah Saxon's coming in, and we're excited about having sisters on the team. I've had that with the Buckleys, um, and prior to that, the Leos played, but they were four years apart, so they never got to play with each other. Um, so Hannah's coming in, and then Hannah's little sister's coming the following year, Sammy. So it'll be fun to have three sisters, which I've never had. So we have a PA girl, we have a New Jersey girl, Kate Fenner, great defender. Um, she, she has a lot of presence in the backfield, so we're excited about her. We have a girl from Maryland, Riley Patro. Riley's been um, to Fairfield. She would come to camp when she was a freshman, and she caught my eye very early on. Um, she's an uh, all-star in her own right at her high school and in her club team, so we're excited about Riley coming in from Baltimore. Um, we have um, a Long Island girl, which I haven't had in a while. So I'm excited about Katie Allen. Um, she comes from a great high school, uh, um, Sachem East with Tina Moon, one of the most respected coaches in Long Island. So we're excited about having Katie Allen. Um, and then my second North Carolina girl, which is so great. First came um, Coco, um, Colette Morgan, but we all call her Coco or goalie from um, Charlotte, and now we have um, Anna Grace Whitaker from Chapel Hill, which is kind of funny because that's where my daughter is, so we're kind of doing a swap. Um, so Anna Grace is coming in, AG for short, and then um, it's nice to have one more international from Holland. We have Carmel Van Dyke, um, who's coming in, and she's obviously super skilled, um, has a good vision on the field. Uh, she comes in as she could play midfielder forward for us. So we have... Um, I'm excited about all of them. Um, I, there is no one in particular. And, you know, I, I don't believe a team is one or two superstars. I'd rather have a team of 28 that all can compete versus one or two people that do everything. So a perfectly diplomatic, but, you know, very good answer. We're going to take No, no, out. but it's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, granted, like there's only one Lucy, you know, um, who's obviously helped elevate our team, but she couldn't do it by herself. She has Danny in the front line. She has um, Malin with her. You have Kelly and M. Halderson holding in the backfield. Mackenzie Boyle stepped into a great role as our right back. Um, M and Joe as our midfielders, along with Gabby Saxon helping us out. And then our front line with our new our freshmen last year, Jules and Paige and Madison, you know, Madison getting the game-winning goal as a freshman in the Northeast Conference. And Emmy, you know, from Germany, who, who had an uh, injury early on in the season, was able to come back strong when we needed her. So there's just so many people. And then, you know, that's not even getting into the reserves that would come in and, and really make a difference also. And yeah. Zoe. I mean, we can't forget Zoe. You can't win a game without a great goalie. So Zoe was awesome. Absolutely. A uh, couple more shouts before I let you go. First off, we've already kind of segued nice into uh, Lucy Purcell, who was – all-American honoree last year, first stag uh, from the organization, the NFHCA, to get that award. I know, as you say, it's a team game, and individuals, you're only as good as the team that's around you. But, Lucy, it was one of those dream seasons in and amongst a dream season where it seemed like had the big play when she had to, but did the simple things at the moments that you expected her to do it. What was that year like for her? and now seeing a Fairfield player in and amongst all the great players in this country? Well, first of all, I feel that she completely deserves to be a second-team All-American. Um, 
but you would, if you asked her, she, that's not why she plays. When I said earlier that we won games in the fourth quarter or overtime because people would look to their left and to their right and realize I'm not losing this game for the person next to me, that is Lucy. She um, is a selfless player, but she will also take on the role of give me the ball and I'll finish it. Um, you know, she that game-winning goal at Boston College, unbelievable, right? Game-winning goal at Ryder. We needed – they were two of our biggest wins. If we didn't win against Ryder, we would have not been hosting the championship. If we didn't host the championship, maybe we didn't make it to the NCAA. So Lucy is, like, a great player in herself, but she – her whole job, and I think what she believes in, is that she's there to make the people around her great, and that's why we're so lucky to have her. And the last one um... – and this is where you get the chance to talk about how great your staff is because you guys, Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, your staff won the regional staff of the year. And that is, it's one of those awards that I don't think enough people appreciate because yeah, the head coach is always the one at the end of the day, they're the name that gets written in the report, but it's a team job with the players, but it's also a team job on the sidelines to make sure that everybody is prepared doing the right thing. So Jackie, I'm going to end this here by giving you the floor. Talk about your staff and um, because they're a great, great group of people. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years and I realize that I'm not perfect at everything, but I can hire the perfect person to do that. Um, and Steve and Danny and, and gratefully we had the volunteer assist last year who was um, outstanding too. His skill and knowledge coming from Holland was awesome. But Danny Brown, as an alumni, as a pro fair. Field. I've done it. You guys can do it. And how much she loves the program. Her passion was outstanding. The girls picked up on it already. Um, Danny's a great role model. And in, in turn, the girls on the team are a great role model to Danny's two girls, which I love to see as a parent. So, and Danny's super organized, a little more organized than me. So I really appreciate having her on board. And then Steve, Steve Dennis is, um, he is just so um, knowledgeable as a goalie and his, uh, his game management skills and the way he sees the field is just outstanding. It's one of the best I've ever seen. And, and we rely on that, you know, like he, he sees things that I wouldn't see because of his point of view as a, as a goalie. So the three, four of us together last year were the perfect group. Um, this year, um, this isn't coming back for this season. Hopefully we're going to get them back in 21, but, um, this year it's just Danny, Steve and I, and, um, we have Jack Gallucci who's going to be a senior at Fairfield. He is on the U S, um, under 21 team. So he's going to step up into a bigger coaching role this fall. So we're excited about him. Great expectations. It's going to be a great group to have back. For yeah. um, Jackie, appreciate the time. Always fun to chat and looking forward to the next time we see each other. Okay. Thanks, JJ. Absolutely. That's going to do it for this episode of the Stag Sports Network podcast series. Make sure to check up with us as we go forward. Follow us on social media at Fairfield Stags on Twitter and Instagram and at Stag Sports Net on Twitter. So until next time, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.